Welcome back to Presence and Purpose, a show all about helping you build an authentic online presence and live out your God-given purpose. I want you to be seen and heard by the people who need your message and services most, but I know that seems easier said than done because there's a lot of noise online. I'm your host, Natalie Arndt. I built my brand strategy business back in the beginning of 2018 and quickly learned through trial and error that being yourself isn't a cheesy cliche, but actually the key to building a strong, profitable online brand. Now I help Christian coaches and service providers do the same. I'm here to help you attract the right clients and build a thriving online community with tangible tips, behind-the-scenes stories from women just like you, and lessons learned on all things branding, finding your people, sharing your message, and so much more. so excited for you guys to listen to today's episode. I know I probably say that almost all the time, um, but I promise you this is a really good one. So today's guest is Shauna Beckman. Shauna is a sales trainer for business owners who are eager to get paid without feeling like a pitch. So she helps them communicate more effectively without compromising integrity, okay? And I know this is huge for you guys. It's huge for me too, right? You have a heart to serve. And the last thing you wanna do is come across as salesy or spammy or like you are just interested in the money and not actually interested in the person and making that impact. Um, So she's sharing a little bit about her consensual sales framework and so much, you guys. You are definitely going to want to take notes in this episode. So go ahead and pause this if you need to. Run, grab your notebook. Um, You want to have that ready for this episode. So in this episode, in this conversation, she is sharing the ultimate goal of every single conversation you have that will naturally lead to more sales with happy to pay clients um, and know it's not selling to them, okay? Um, How to offer up your services as the solution to their problem without creating problems they don't actually have. How to start conversations, right? How to open up those conversations, build authentic relationships, and slow pitch your services indirect messages without being a total weirdo, okay? I had to laugh because I asked in the Presence and Purpose group, how do you feel about, um, you know, selling in direct messages? And everyone, I think almost every single response that I got, um, they felt like it was super spammy, icky, gross. Uh, They had flashbacks to like MLM style recruiting. Like, it does not have to be weird. In fact, I can guarantee you have probably been sold to many, many, many times in your DMs, Um, but the times where it is so natural, right, and it's relationship focused, and you know the person, and you know that they genuinely care about you, you didn't even notice you were being sold to, okay? Um, She is also sharing how to respond when someone asks, what do you do, right, without panicking, and just like emotionally detach from the outcome of that conversation, And she's also sharing the mistake that you're probably making. I was totally doing this. Um, When it comes to following up with a potential client after the conversation stalls or it's just time to follow up. And before we jump in, I want to give you one last reminder, you guys, the Visibility Boost Bootcamp kicks off tomorrow if you're listening to this the day the episode drops, um, September 1st through third, okay? You want to be signed up for this. This is not just another challenge. It's not going to give you busy work. This challenge um, three-day series is really meant to help you focus 
how you're showing up, where you're showing up um, to get in front of the right people, right? Um, it's going to be amazing and I want you to be there. So you can head to natalieart.com slash get visible to join us. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Hey guys, so today I have Shauna Beckman with me. Shauna, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I would love, okay, first of all, when I start out my interviews, I love by asking like a fun fact. So what's one thing that most people don't know about you? Oh my gosh. I was actually the first person in my family to graduate high school. Really? So my parents didn't finish college. They didn't even make it through. My dad didn't even make it through middle school and my mom would go back later. But yeah, I'm the first person in my family to graduate high school and then to go to college. So a lot of people don't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, I did not know that. That's so cool. Um, well, tell us a little bit about you. So you got oh, yes. into sales. I love, I love your, I love your um, happy accident of how you got into sales. So tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I graduated from the University of Minnesota. That's where I'm from. Lived there my whole life, basically, until just recently. And I graduated from the U in 2008. And that was when they like the economy tanked and you couldn't like get a job anywhere. And everybody at the time was like, oh, you pursue what you love, right? And so I had this useless degree in family social science. <laughs> like, I, like, I couldn't get a job anywhere and pay anything. So I ended up actually in like a pediatric clinic for four years and was just really tired of sitting behind the desk all day. And so when the economy like picked up about four years later, I applied for this job that was it's totally random and I don't even know how I got this job, but basically it was a tissue donation center where I was approaching families for tissue donation moments after their loved ones had died. And now when we think about tissue donation, we think, oh, like organs and your lungs and your kidneys, like that percent of donation is so small. And I actually happen to be in the field of eye tissue donation. So like for cornea transplant, so I was asking for eyeball donation, which is like even, <laughs> it's like even weird. Like the level of weirdness in that conversation is like, like, yeah, awkward. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I was approaching families for these tissue donation moments after their loved ones had died. So they're like either on their way home or they're like in the hospital, like in the hallway and the nurse like bumps them the phone and you're like trying to navigate a conversation, right? About yeah. what this means and if they can, if they're willing to give consent. And they would never, like we'd never, it wasn't like sales, like we like it was nonprofit, it was through the university. And um, yeah, they would never tell us what we did were sales, but it was in every respect sales related when you're helping people come to a decision about what they really want. And so I love that job, <clears throat> but my family would eventually relocate across the country. We were in Connecticut for like three years and I ended up having a bunch of babies back to back. And in between some of that time, I was like cleaning houses. And so I started to learn more and more about marketing because I, this is like a side note, but I learned when I was cleaning houses, like you don't really have to convince women to like hire a cleaning lady. You sort of yeah. have to give them the language to like, tell their husband like, I'm doing this thing so after all these kids and after all these moves I um I wanted I we needed to make money from home like we just weren't making any money over in Connecticut we were like losing money for three years and it was a super stressful time and so I just said I'm gonna try to figure I just thought all these people making money online and I was like if they can do it I can do it so I thought that I would start to learn how to leverage my skill set right like what could I do right now with what I have and over the course of 
was like 15, 16, 17, 18 inches. Yeah, like three or four or five years ago, I started just asking that question of like, how can I leverage my skill set? And um, what you see now today is this helping people navigate their own conversations, especially in the sales talk where it's, what do I say to find clients and what do I say to actually enroll them? So mm-hmm. that's sort of how I'm here. That's, that's kind of a long story of how I got here, but yeah, that's, that's the gist. Yeah. Well, I love that. And I, I always love asking people that question because it's like, I think every time someone listening hears this, like, you know, weird connect the dots journey of like, I was here and then I got there and like, like, it's just, I don't know, it's reassuring, like things that come up is like, I don't feel qualified for what, you know, like we have all these things that come up, but it's like, when you look at, you know, how our life just kind of takes us on this, you know, crazy, I'm here and then I'm doing this and then I've got these skills and what do I do with these skills? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, I don't know. I always love hearing, hearing that. Cause I, I feel like my journey was very much the same. Um, and I love what you said about like how sales and obviously this is what I kind of want to focus on in this conversation is like sales is a conversation, like you're helping them navigate what they ultimately want. Right. Um, and one reason why I love your approach to sales is because you just make it so like natural. (laughs) Like I think we can be so, um, I don't know. I I'll just speak for myself. I know that I can be awkward around those type of conversations. Um, very much less so after working with you, but, um, you know, like talking about your experience with, oh my gosh, like talking to people right after they just lost a loved one. And like, that is an awkward conversation, I'm sure. And maybe not, maybe awkward is not the right word, but it's like, that's a hard conversation to have. Um, and then to come into sales, it's like, how cool that you can bring that experience in. But then also like, I'm sure after that, you felt like sales conversations were a lot easier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, so what I would love to hear from you is one thing that you are big on is selling in direct messages, um, in a way that's normal. So I have experienced this. I'm sure every single business owner, online business owner has experienced having people like friend request you and hop in your DMS and just flat out, like sell their thing or, you know, start asking questions. I've gotten this from, um, clients of mine where they'll show me a screenshot and it's like this person, like, you know, it, it looks like this heartfelt message of like, Hey, I love your post and what are your goals? And also I'm a coach who it's like, okay, no, 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 no. So, um, so let's talk about like, how do you sell indirect messages in a way that's normal? Um, and I would just totally love to hear kind of where, where you want to um, start with this? Because I know it can be kind of a big thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> like, selling isn't something that you do. It's sort of a byproduct of what happens when you build the right relationships. Mm-hmm. So, I'm very, the very, so, so like conceptually, I'm very sensitive about who I let into my network. Mm-hmm. I'm very sensitive about who I'm friend requesting and who I'm confirming back. Um, so that's the first thing is like start getting really picky about who you're letting into your world because 
either they're going to become clients or they're going to be connectors to your clients. Yeah. And for them to do that, you also have to like be able to reciprocate that relationship, right? So like they're going to give you something, you better be ready to give them something in return. And if there isn't like a mutual compatibility where like they are enjoying that relationship with you either, like don't even, like, don't even bother. Does that make yeah. sense? So in the consensual sales sort of framework, the first thing that you're doing is you're starting with, like, what do you actually have in common with somebody? And I like to think about them in terms of shared experiences, shared values, or shared sense of humor, right? And we kind of have that, like, we're, we're from the same place, we have very similar values. And so like, that's kind of how we're connected. We have some mutual yeah. friends, yeah. right? So that's kind of how we got connected. So that's sort of the first thing is, I don't really want to connect with anybody who I don't have some type of commonality with. Because mm -hmm. for selling to, for, for, for the conversations to feel natural, like it actually has to be real, like you have to have a talking off point. Yeah. And if you're showing up with not that, without being able to see the other person besides just like a dollar sign, like that's going to make the conversations feel weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm glad that you, you, you mentioned your consensual sales framework because maybe like, can you just kind of like give a brief overview of that? Because what you said about like that very first step of, um, you know, basically just finding someone that you have things in common, like you would do in real life. Like if you, you know, see a mom at the park and your kids are playing and she's got a cool t-shirt that, or she's reading a book that you like, like you find things in common, which makes you want to talk to them. Um, and I remember when I first, um, kind of stumbled upon your group, I think, or started following you. And that was the thing that really stuck to me. And I was like, oh, this is simple. Like, I like her. I want to follow her. Um, so yeah, could you just kind of give us like a brief overview of that? Yeah. And this, this exact, I would love to talk, talk about yeah. that, but let me just touch on this point that you bring up is that my goal isn't for you to sit, like hardcore sell in every yeah. relationship, every, every conversation that you're having. My goal in every conversation is that they know you and you know them and they also understand what you do and who it's for. Like, that's it. Like, that's the goal of every conversation. Like, there's this mutual conversation where you guys, like, get each other yeah. and they just happen to know what you do. And I believe that sheer fact of where you're connecting with somebody who you've got like good vibes with, who knows what you do, that in and of itself, even if you're not hard selling, yeah. even if you're not making it by that sheer fact, they, they will either, again, become connectors to your clients or become clients. The conversation in itself will become a, like the sell will be a byproduct of that conversation. So yeah. selling isn't something that you have to do or force your way into. It's, it's like every, it's like that saying that like before you close somebody, you have to be able to open a conversation. So if I can get you to focus on opening conversations and going where you like to talk to people and they like talking to you, that, that will create the environment where sales are possible. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That totally does. Um, yeah. Because I think even like, and, and this is totally just a personal thing, but I know that when I hear people talk about sales like closing sales and like getting leads and like I don't know like a lot of that starts to seem or feel I guess to me very like impersonal um which again why is why I love your approach so much is because it is it's like you're just opening conversations like you're 
building authentic, genuine relationships with people. You're not faking interest in them and wanting to get to know them. Like you're genuinely like, Hey, you look cool. I want to get to know you. And, yeah. and like you said, like the goal of the conversation is not to hard sell in every single conversation. You're just, you're building awareness of this is what, you know, this is who I am. This is what I do, who I do it for. Yeah. And like laying that foundation. There's yeah. one way that I like to approach this is I just simply ask myself, would I still talk to this person even if they didn't buy? Like, would I actually mm-hmm. still want to have a conversation with them? And that helps me facilitate that emotional connection to like, oh, I got to get the sale or, oh, like I need to sell this person. So you can get yeah. like an in-depth version at clientsandmoney.com that will walk you through the steps. But essentially your conversations have to take like three or four steps, right? Mm-hmm. So you essentially are curious about people and what sparks your interest about this person, right? And getting really specific. So this is why the DM sometimes feel really gross. They're like, hey, I love you. Like you're, what you do is really cool. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, who are you? So if you can be specific, and you can be, you're able to get specific when you kind of identify this commonality, which is like, hey, you know what, Natalie, I really like your brand because you're constantly emphasizing about God and how he's directing your business and how you can lean on him. And like, if I can get specific about that, you know, like, you know how instantly that goodwill is created between the two of us? It's yeah. like instantly. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's like what everybody wants. Like everybody wants to be noticed and seen and heard and know that other are people out there who care about what they're doing. Yeah. And you'd be surprised at how little like that's actually happening where somebody says something so direct and so, so specific about that blog post. That, I mean, we're creators. Think about all the podcasts we've done, all the blog posts, all the interviews, the endless content. Like, has, and like you, you never forget the people who reach out to you and say, you know what, you wrote this or you said this in that podcast and it changed my life or it really made this difference or it really resonated with me in this way. Like, keep going, like, keep up the good work. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Yeah, like rarely happens, right? And so if you can, if you can take that to your advantage and use it as a talking off point, um, one, it creates goodwill. And then it opens up like a natural conversation. So then it turns into like, what are you working on? Like, who are you? Like this sort of neutral back and forth. And what you're doing in the second sort of stage, which we call conversations, is you're creating the familiarity effect, right? It's like a real thing where the more somebody sees you and you're interacting with them in an intentional and intelligent manner, they start to trust you and they start to like you, okay? Or at least they begin to be familiar enough with you so that way when you do send them an email or you do send them a direct message, it's like your, your name is, they're, they're, they've already seen your name, right? If they're just seeing your name for the first time, like, they're, they're like people won't trust that. They don't trust strangers. People mm-hmm. don't trust strangers. I mean, we, you know this. Like, that's the first rule you learn when you're a kid is not to yeah. talk to strangers <laughs> and not to take candy from people. So when you're overgiving and you're showing up without them knowing you, in a way that's not relevant, they're not going to trust you. Mm-hmm. So at some point, I mean, sometimes it's going to happen quickly. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time. People can be in this space for a while. But after you get to this point, you're going to be able to gather information where you'll start to see what's important to this person. Or maybe they'll even just say it directly. And you can say, hey, I'm sticking my neck on, on a limb, but you know that I'm really good at web design. And I wanted to let you know that is this something that might be important to you? Yeah. Hey, I looked at your website. Like, is there anything that you might need help with? Because I think I got some ideas to beef up your about page that could really make a big difference. Do you want to talk about that? So what you're doing is before you just give something, you're making sure that that give has somewhere to land. It doesn't just come out of left field. Like, Hey, 
I'm a web designer. Like I'd love to, you know, improve your website. It's like, it's specific and you're leading with a problem, right? You're getting them to like kind of agree on the, on the problem because Mm -hmm. if you just come at it like, Hey, you've got this problem. That's like creating problems. The person doesn't have because right. Yeah. And so you can't do that. Like you can't create problems for people that they first don't say I have this problem. Mm-hmm. And that's like a, like, that's a big thing that everybody is doing. Right. Yeah. Like it doesn't work that way. <clears throat> you are selling a solution. And when you lead first with the solution without first identifying a problem, it's like creating problems that don't exist. That's why we get so mad when people are like, <clears throat> How do they know if I need a website? Why, like, why are they showing up? I don't want your website. Like, you're like, whatever, you know, like whatever it is that you're selling. And I'm just using you as an example. So anyway, that's the conversation phase. And after the conversation phase, they move into a consideration phase where you actually are facilitating, like, what do you want? Why do you want it? What happens when you get it? Like, do you want my help with that? Is this how you want, how do you want to be supported? Because we can talk about some of my packages. So it's all, all very like, getting drawing their own awareness around why they might need your thing and then slow pitch that like just say soft like soft pitch like give them this like throw it on their hand so they can knock out of the park for you with a simple transition of something like do you want to do you want to talk about it do you want to talk about one of my packages i think you're perfect for and this this feels good because they already know what you do mm-hmm. right and they've already admitted to a problem and they're open to hearing about potential solutions Mm-hmm. Like if you can check those off, the, the selling part will become the easiest part. Then it just becomes about terms and payment plans. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it, that, that goes along with the principle, and I know there's a, a term for it, and I can't think of it right now, about just like getting kind of little like yeses or commitments along the way. What's the word yeah, for that? Yeah, I, I, can, I, I call it temperature checks. You're just yeah. sort of gauging like those temperature checks along the way. Like, do you want me to leave you alone? Am I bothering you? Like, is this a conversation that you want to keep having? Like, you, 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 it's like you don't want to give them full total control because you're still leading the conversation, but you're, you're, you're gauging their commitment. And uh, micro commitments is one, but yeah, I just like to consider them temperature checks. Yeah. If you're, ever, if you're ever not sure about what to say or where, what to do, that tells me you don't have enough information. So we just need a clarifying question, which is that, that temperature check. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that reminds me of another thing that I've heard you say many times, um, just about like saying the most honest thing that you can think of. Um, and I know like from our time working together, like the amount of times where I'd be like explaining something and being like, you know, I have this person that we've been talking to and the conversation didn't go anywhere. You know, how do I follow up? Like, and I, you know, whatever I was explaining to you, you'd be like, well, just say that. And I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, I think we can just overcomplicate it, but it, you know, we, we feel like we need to, uh, I don't know, like, like, I think it's just, we have this underlying feeling that we somehow need to like convince people, but it's like when you're just upfront and honest, like you're, you're not convincing anyone. Absolutely. And this, this can be a part of like, you can be honest, even in the front of that sales conversation, which is, Hey, you know what? Like if, if, if I think that we're going to be a good fit and we mutually agree, we're going to be able to talk, we can talk about one of my offers at the end. Mm -hmm. Really honest. You're not, you're not bait and switching them. It's really just about the transparency. 
this, um, this also happened to me. I, was, I had like this inbound lead, right? So you, you can get leads one of two ways. Either come to you or you got to go out and make stuff happen for yourself. And yeah. this one came to me through a referral and she's like, something, something, sales were great. And now they're crappy and I'm worried that I don't have consistency. Like how do I get clients this month? And like have a 15 minute conversation with her at the library, okay? Like I was whispering and I was like, you know, like trying to be quiet. And the guy next to me stood up, like he stood up facing me and he was like, I'm telling her, I need you to be quiet. And I was like, oh my gosh. And this lady was like on the verge of buying. And at the end, I could totally tell that I was like convincing her. I was like, oh yeah, the program does this, the program does that. And then she still was like, I'm not sure if I need it. And that tells me that she hasn't agreed on, we haven't clearly articulated the problem. Mm-hmm. Because if you knew the problem, it's like the solution becomes obvious, right? So I was like, I'm, I'm botching this. I'm, I'm ruining this. This is not going like, to work. So I get off the call. She doesn't quite buy, you know, whatever. And uh, I sent her a message and I was like, I'm so sorry that the end of that conversation was really awkward. I was like there. I was at the library. I was just like what I told you, right? The guy stood up. He's like telling me, shushing me. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no big deal. And then we, we sort of recover. I take it a step back. I sort of reiterate that we, we sort of get her to clarify the problem. I give her a book recommendation. I tell her why the book is important for what she's doing. And she's like, I'm going to join later this week. Right. So I'm saying this because when you're talking about just being really honest, like you can say that you can say, man, this is awkward, man. I'm really nervous right now. Or man, like, you know, um, sorry if I, if that didn't make sense. Can you give me a chance to clarify so you can can restate? Right? It's sort of this. Um, there's a famous quote that says something along the lines of, "Most conversation, mis- most miscommunication happens not because you said something. It's because of something that wasn't said." Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's less about you having magic words and saying everything perfectly, and it's more about just having that honest conversation you know what I mean Mm -hmm. yeah and I'm so glad you said that because it's like um I know I one of my very first episodes I think it was episode three I interviewed um a coach that I had worked with previously and she talked all about like you can't say the wrong thing to the right person kind of like reiterating like like you don't have to worry about like saying the right thing right like getting all these fancy magic words of you know, when I say abracadabra, they will, you know, I will close the sale. It's like, just like that, that quote that you gave, um, just kind of so beautifully sums it up in terms of like, like the miscommunication happens when you're not saying things. And so when you, like, when you feel like something was awkward, like say it, like that could have been, um, that could have been like the end of the road if you hadn't been like, I'm sorry, that was a really, you know, awkward, awkward end of the conversation. And I've done that too. I've totally done that too, where I reach back out to someone and I'm like, I'm sorry that, you know, that whatever I said was a little bit awkward, but like, I'm human and I enjoyed talking to you anyways. Like, you know, just, just like, I don't know, we're all humans and we want, we want to just like be real with each other. And it's really refreshing. I think that's what it comes down to. Like, it's super refreshing when someone is that real with you that they're like willing to admit, like, I'm sorry, it was really awkward, but we're just going to like move on from that. And it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And you can also like play into it and make it like a joke. There's been times where I've said, you know, I've, I've made, I like jewelry. I love earrings. So again, this is like a commonality where I'm searching for brands or companies or people that like I resonate with. I'm interacting with her for like weeks 
you know, like loving her stuff, loving what she's talking about. And I go on a limb and I say, hey, like, I'm going to put myself out here and let you know that I love what you do because of X, Y, and Z, but I happen to be really good at like A, B, and C. Like, if you want to talk about these, we can. And if you don't, like, we never have to talk about this moment again, right? And right. so, like, you can kind of play into it and make it playful, too. And that really lets people's, like, boundaries down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's like breaking the tension. Yeah, so even, like, you know, when I have reached out to people in those sort of instances, um, I know that often, like, I mean, if someone's genuinely, like, they keep coming to mind and I keep thinking of this person, like, again, with, you know, saying the most honest thing that I can think of, like, I'll let them know. And I am never, like, offended or annoyed if someone reaches out to me and they're like, hey, I was just thinking of you and I wanted to follow back up with this or like see how you're doing. Like last time we talked, like I'm not offended that someone's thinking of me that like makes me feel like seen. You know what I mean? Like because they're actually like they remember me and they remember what we talked about. So this can you can totally do this in the DM. Like this isn't yeah. this isn't something that and, and this is why it worked so well for me is because I had five kids. It's not like I can just carve out six hours to take sales calls or get on the phone with everybody. Like it's either going to be a short 15 minute check that we can do on the fly and it's like super casual or like, like let's talk about what I can help you with in the DM. And then, then we can actually move it to something that I might be able to carve out time for. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, I mean, we're all like, many of my listeners are moms. Like I totally love that. Right. Like we don't have time to just like take a bunch of calls all week. Um, so you kind of had shared like in terms of like opening up those conversations, um, kind of some ideas on like being specific, um, because like you said, like, um, that point about like, we won't, we never forget when someone is like, you know, I just listened to this episode mm -hmm. of yours and I loved it. And I just wanted to let you know, like, even as I'm saying that I can specifically recall the last several people that have reached out to me and said, like, you know, we're talking about something completely different. And then they're like, oh, by the way, I just recently went back and listened to this episode. It was so good. I loved it. Thank you so much. Like, I so appreciate that. And I remember that. Um, and now, so the now imagine, now imagine that like a week later, they say, hey, Natalie, like for what it's worth, I happen to be really good at repurposing some of your content. Or hey, Natalie, like, I'd love to be able to help you grow your email subscribers. Do you want to go over some of my ideas for you? Yeah. Like how much more open are you to that conversation because she wants to be a part of your mission, wants to be a part of what you're doing. Right. Totally different conversation. You want it, you'll be you like you want you want the right people to like at the end of the day, we want people then what am I trying to say? Like at the end of the day, we want to know that we're doing that pe the people that we bring on to our team or people that we hire, like care about what we do. I mean, yeah. Maybe not as much as us, but like pretty darn close to it. Right. Yeah. And so when you, when you can connect on that level, it changes the entire piece of which you're going to be able to sell. Right. Right. Exactly. It's like you want someone who's genuinely interested in your work and supports your mission. At the end of the day, like, your job is to at least just make sure that, that one person knows what you do. So like yeah. maybe Natalie's like, oh no, not today. Or like, I'm just not ready. Like that's perfectly fine. At least she now knows that you're really good. You're the person who's really good at email marketing. So yeah. when she's triggered or that comes back up, like you're at that front of her radar. 
And the more that you do this, it exponentially allows you to book those clients, right? This is, you kind of got to hustle a little bit up front and then eventually you're going to get to a point where you don't have to do that so much because you're, you're reaping what you planted. Yeah. Even if you don't buy right now today, like if you don't, if you don't pick up this offer, this person was like about content repurposing, right? For the example, you will later, I'm sure that there will come a time where you need help repurposing content and this person will be on your radar, right? So it's like, even if, if, if they are your ideal client, like if the sheet, like if they are your ideal client and you guys are resonating, it's not a matter of if you'll get the sale, it's just a matter of when, right? So that's how I like to think about it. It's like, if you're not going to buy today, like I know, and I trust that there will come a time when you will, and I'm going to be there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because, because starting with the first one, right? Even if you don't buy, you're still going to be somebody that I want to hang out with, talk to and follow on the internet. Yeah. Why? So I am really interested to hear your answer on this. So why do you think people are so awkward about talking about what they do? You know what I mean? Like it, like your point is so simple of like in every conversation, just make sure that people know what you do and who you do it for. Like at the end of the day, like they're either going to be a client or they're going to be a connector to a client. Um, but like, why do you think people are so awkward about just like sharing that basic piece and they like keep it this mysterious thing, right? Well, I, I think I would suspect that when you are emotionally attached to your work and you're emotionally attached to somebody's response and like you need sort of like, you're like, is this going to be a client? Is this going to be somebody that like is going to buy my stuff? When you're emotionally attached to the outcome of what somebody says or doesn't say, your brain shuts off. Like it's not, it's not something that you do wrong. It's just like an emotion. It's just like a real biological response that when things are emotionally charged and you've got this emotion attached to what they say or don't say, your brain will literally shut off. So it's more of like a defense mechanism. So one, one sort of easy way that I like to just sort of flip the switch is to smile and say, I would love to talk to you about what I do. I happen to help this type of person do this type of thing, right? Or, you know, my clients have described it as, you know, they can't believe how great their website looks and they're happy to share it. Is this something that you might need or is this somebody, you know, do you know anybody who could use something like this? Yeah. So just smile and say, I'd love to. I'd love to talk about that. Thank you for asking. If you can just, just a little transition up front will change how you feel about it because you're giving your body that psychological response rather than a fearful one. Yeah, that's so good. And I mean, like, like how human of us to like want to control the outcome and be like, I, you know, like I am going to control this conversation and I'm going to, you know, like, so I I love that point because it's like, yeah, when we're, when we're emotionally attached to the outcome and we're trying to control the outcome. Or it um, feels validating, right? So it's like, you put all your self-worth in what you do. And when somebody just sort of like, you're just like eager for that validation. It can just, yeah, make you nutty. Yeah. Yeah. Which obviously speaks to the importance of like, <laughs> like doing other things outside of your business and <laughs> seeking that validation elsewhere. Um, yeah. Because I mean, how easy for our business to become like this all consuming thing. Totally. Um, yeah. Okay. So you had talked about, and this is kind of what I was starting to say before, but like you had talked about like in opening those conversations, 
right? Like being specific. Do you have any other things that come to mind in terms of like, I don't know, like selling in the DMs mistakes or tips? Um, yes. And I just shared this yesterday. Sometimes if you're in the middle of a conversation and it like feels like they ghosted you or did it, it like it just kind of stalled and it's not going anywhere, like don't sweat it. Following up with people doesn't mean that you have to always be talking about like your work or like where, yeah. like, like how bad they need your service or like what their problem is or what their solution is. Following up with somebody can simply mean like just triggering them in terms of, oh, there's Shauna or oh, there's Natalie. So just go back and interact a little bit on their social media, try a different medium, try Instagram, shoot them an email without having it be anything about your work. Right. It could just be something else. <laughs> That's how you can follow up in a way when conversations have just stalled. It's to just 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 put yourself on their radar that has nothing to do where the conversation left off. Yeah. And that can often trigger enough people where it's like, oh, like there's Natalie. I got like I gotta get that that deposit or oh there's Natalie, I gotta finish like I gotta answer that question. I just wasn't in a place last time too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, cause I, I know that I've done that where it's like, you get so many messages and you'll just genuinely like forget to respond. But then when you see that person like a post or comment on something and you're like, Oh, I never responded to, and then you'll go back and respond. And I think also, you know, quote unquote, following up in that way too. Um, first of all, just kind of like takes the anxiety away because I know I used to like very much feel like, you know, I, I'd hear all about like, you know, you, like the importance of following up and you have to follow up and you have to keep following up. And I'm like, okay. And so I, I'd like make it very like, you know, very direct, like sales related of like, Hey, you know, like, and it just, it felt, it didn't, feel genuine because I'm like, but like, I, I like this person and I like care about this person. And so I think following up, like you said, and just kind of basically being like, Hey, like, like not related to the conversation that kind of fell off the cliff. Like you're yeah. just like commenting on a photo of their Keep cute going. kid. Right. Right. And it's like, you're showing genuine interest in them. And it, it doesn't seem so like, I'm just showing interest in you for the sale. It's no, like, that's really funny what your kid just said or whatever. Like you still like them as a person. And it all comes back to what you said about like that question that you ask yourself of, is this a person that I would genuinely want to talk to and be interested in being connected with if we don't work together, right? Yeah, like that's absolutely. such a great filter to keep, I don't know, like coming back to. Absolutely. And I think the same applies to your audience. So like imagine that you never got another subscriber or a follower ever again. How differently would you treat the people in the relationships that you have already in your space? Yeah. If you go a lot deeper. And so that's kind of what I want people to focus on is like rather than casting like this wide marketing net it's like sales is really like deep one-to-one -one, mm -hmm. right and in that this is sort of like a philosophy too is like in that you actually end up creating high ticket clients right so like when I have somebody who like for example I'm thinking of my, my own graphic designer who like you know she did the website I brought her on for a package like a monthly retainer and now like every month I'm like wow like how can I give her more money how can I make more money so she can do these bigger projects and that ends up creating high ticket that, that then you actually have high ticket clients 
So if you kind of take, it's kind of a backwards way of approach, but if you, if you believe that you can actually create those high ticket clients, this is going to be the way that you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, your point about like, like basically going deep with those like one-to-one conversations. First of all, like if anyone is an introvert, like that is a huge relief. I remember hearing that from you and being like, oh, like I am totally good, like one-to-one, like it's Mm -hmm. one-to-many that I feel less confident in. And that's something that um, has been like recently a big growth area for me, but it's still like, just because I'm an introvert, like my preference is like, I love those one-to-one deep conversations. Like you and me, we're just, you know, we're here and there's no one else involved in the conversation. And so knowing that, that sales works wonderfully with that, right? Like is a huge relief for any introvert listening. Um, I think that's uh, why a lot of times the, a lot of times why like marketing and advice doesn't always resonate kind of what the big wigs and like industry leaders are doing is because they have, they have massive audiences, right? And it's like some of us are perfectly happy putting in a good day's work with a handful of really great clients who appreciate us. And like, we like, like can call it a day. (laughs) Yeah. There's sort of like a myth. There's like a myth connection between like what you often hear in terms of business advice and like where you are in your own process versus these big shots. Right. Well, and like, I'm so glad you said that because I literally had never heard anyone approach sales the way you did, like in terms of just making it really simple because it's like, yeah, you hear all these people talking about these long-term strategies in terms of like content marketing and like, like, yeah, when you have a big audience and your audience and your business is growing, like that is a long-term strategy that works. But at the same time, and I know this is something that you're big on, like, if you're like, I just need my next two clients, like, Mm -hmm. then that's not what you need to be focusing your energy on. You need to be like having conversations with people. Um, and I, obviously that's a, also a long-term strategy that works, but I, I just, I think that so many people focus on, um, those, those highly preached long-term strategies versus like just doing the simple thing because we like to make things complicated, apparently. (laughs) Steve Jobs said that. Steve Jobs is famous for saying the hardest thing that we can do is to, is to keep things simple. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a big thing. I feel like I've been talking about that a lot. I'm, I'm even doing a, um, challenge. So when, when your episode airs, it'll be coming out the next day, actually. Um, or starting the next day, but all about like keeping visibility simple and like, like literally being like, this is the thing that you're going to focus on this and you're not going to get distracted with other stuff. You're going to put your head down and do this thing. And like, but it's so counterintuitive, which is why I'm like, this is so needed because we make things so complicated, right? Like, yeah. yeah. I was, I was just going to ask you if you have felt like with your experiencing moving to like different places and across the country, um, if that has given you a frame of mind to keep things simple, cause I'm like five kids, mm-hmm. just two sort of, uh, you know, country moves from, you know, Minnesota to Connecticut to Alabama and five kids, I'm perpetually thinking about how to keep things simple. And I'm wondering if that's been your experience too, with your travel. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that question. No one has asked me that before. Yes. So I totally see that connection. Like I've never thought about it that way before, but yeah, like, it's, it's moving all the time and, and experiencing the stress of like having all this stuff and like 
it's like, obviously anytime you like settle in a house, like, you know, we declutter, we get rid of offload a bunch of stuff when we move and we settle in a new house. And then like, when we get ready to move, we're like, oh my gosh, where'd all this stuff come from? Like, it just like, it, it is, it is. So yeah, like that, that totally played a role. But then also, um, I actually loved like you know, we've been in Minnesota, me and my daughter for the past five years now. And I actually love like, this is literally, I think, oh my gosh, I think this is the longest I've lived anywhere now. (laughs) That's really sad. (laughs) But like, that just tells you how much I moved around. And I'm actually really loving like kind of that feeling of sinking my roots and like being somewhere. But at the same time, like, and I'm sure I've told you this, like, my dream is to have a tiny house so that we could travel. Like my daughter's totally like, I love it. Let's do it. Like, because there's that part of me that with moving and keeping things simple, I'm like, but this is so awesome. Like we get to, like, I traveled so much. I went to Europe. I went to, you know, different places in the Middle East, like as a kid, like most Mm -hmm. people don't get to do that. And so I, I saw the flip side of it, of like, when you keep things, simple and like you know I guess if you keep things simple it allows you to do stuff like that more Um, get up and move I mean that's the advantage of being a small business owner is that when you keep things small and lean you have the flexibility to move quickly like you can pivot real fast and that's the same thing when you move like if God is calling you to do something and you don't have a lot of stuff man you can get up and go yeah. And that's a great feeling. That's freedom. Mm-hmm. Not like that's real freedom. It's like to be able to just get up and go when you're ready and you want to. Totally. Not be like, I got this huge ship. I got to turn, just going to spend the next like three months trying to turn around. Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you said that. I love that so much. Um, I want to reiterate something that you had said right before this. So you were talking about because I, I was just saying this recently. And so I'm so glad that you said it, like in terms of, we kind of look at clients and our connection with like this grass is greener mentality of like, you know, I need to, you know, I need to meet more people. I need to, you know, expand my visibility, my reach, right? Like we, we think that we need to get in front of more people instead of really like loving, you know, our people really hard and serving our people really well, like in our existing audience already. Um, and, and again, it, it relates to what you said about like it, we see these people who are these big, massive, giant entrepreneurs, influencers have this giant following. And we think that like, that's what we need to get to. Mm -hmm. Um, And I always love when I see people with tiny audiences who are like six, seven figure business owners. And it's like, see, like you don't need, you can have a thousand, you know, devoted followers and, you know, like have this huge successful business. Um, So I just kind of wanted to like pull that point out because I know that I was, I was just saying that recently. And I, I think it's just so important. Like you said, like if we never got another subscriber or another group member, right? Like how would we treat our people? And like, we should totally operate out of that mentality now. (laughs) Absolutely. And I thank you for saying that. And you're absolutely right. Like if you never got another client, another subscriber, how differently would you treat those relationships that you have? And I'm all about like expanding your network and getting business like that's part like that has to work in tandem with what you're doing but I would make sure that it doesn't like get 
before you just feel like you have to grow into oblivion, I would make sure, like, do your people, like, really know what you do? Like, really yeah. know what you do and who you do it with? Okay, then let's talk about, like, that visibility growth. Because it's, yeah. it's I mean, you could be sitting on lots of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, and that's, that's exactly what, like, when I, when I first talked about this visibility challenge that I'm doing, I literally said, like, like the point of this is not visibility for the sake of visibility, because like, that's what like people want visibility. When I talk about visibility, they're like, oh, yes, I need to get more visible. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to help you. But do it with intention, right? And like, you know, serving the people that are already, um, already following you, right? And aren't Mm -hmm. actually clear on what you do now, because you're not showing up and they don't, you know, they don't know these things. Um, Every person that you meet has access to a network that you don't, they know mm -hmm. 200, 300 people. And especially if you're running in business circles, like business people know business people. So like, like your heat mat gets warm, your heat mat gets warmer and warmer the closer that you get. So yeah, so you got, I mean, each person you know has knows hundreds of people. Exactly. Yes. Um, so, oh my gosh, we talked about so many things in this conversation. If there's one thing that you want people to take away, what would it be? Oh man. One thing. Oh, when I, when I first started picking up cleaning jobs, I read this book, it was called the little black book of connections. And it was so good. One of my favorite books. And basically one of one premise in that book was that the only difference in your life a year from now will be the people that you meet. And if you can take that principle and run with it, I promise your life will look totally different a year from now. And because of it, like I've met some of the most coolest people ever all across the world. So yeah, and think about your own life and realize that if you want it to change or you want it to look different, the only difference is going to be the people that you meet. Because every, every opportunity that you want is attached to a conversation. Like it actually includes and comes with a person holding the other side of the balloon. Yes. Yes. If I took anything away from um, my time working with you was that like, like, I just like hear the Shauna voice asking me like who I've talked to lately. And then I'd always be like, oh, yeah, I haven't really talked to anyone lately. Okay. Like (laughs) going to have conversations now. So um, yeah, that, that point like has definitely stuck with me. Well, thank you so much. This has been such like a jam packed conversation. I definitely need to give a disclaimer that they need to like take notes because there's so many things that you just need to like sit with and unpack. I love it. Thank you so much for being here. I so appreciate you. All right. So if you guys would like to connect with Shauna, you can find her on Instagram at Hey, Hey, Shauna May. Um, you can join her Facebook group, um, which is called consensual sales. And if you want her interactive conversation guide, um, which is basically like a cheat sheet to help you navigate that conversation, right? Turn a potential client into a paying client. Um, You can grab that guide at shespeaksales.com. Otherwise, I have all those links for you in the comments. Thank you so much for listening. If you've loved this episode, head on over to iTunes and leave a review. It means the world to me, but more importantly, it helps more women find and benefit from this show. And if you're not already plugged into the Presence and Purpose Facebook group, come join us. I want you to get plugged into the community and get the support you need because we're not meant to do this whole business thing alone. Until next time.